Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Hey everyone, John Roca here. Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service. Watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV never asks for a credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch free. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. In an era of online retail where everything is just a few clicks away, buying a car should be no different. That's why at Carvana, you can buy a car 100% online. We made it easy to browse, view, and buy from over 10,000 cars. You can even trade in your old car, all while binge-watching your favorite TV show. Afterwards, we'll deliver your car to you. Or you can pick it up from one of our car vending machines. Either way, your car comes with a seven-day return policy. So grab a seat, relax in your comfy pants, and enjoy the new way to buy a car at Carvana. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. with all the news. Uh, we're going to talk about that incredible, spoilers, I loved it, Aquaman trailer. And we're going to talk about lots of venom and it breaking all of the records and it being great. You but heard wait. me. It was fun. But wait, James freaking gun on Suicide Squad? Breaking news yesterday. But this, we're, as we're taping this, our big New York Comic Con special, uh, we were, like, all set to go mm-hmm. uh, for episode 274 of Heroes. Uh, I'm Amy Dallin. I'm Quadrondro. And we have a very special guest. What's up, guys? Dorian here. 
You know Dorian, and if you don't, you should. Uh, and we are here to talk about all that stuff, but first... James Gunn has jumped, not ship because he was fired, but he has left Marvel and come to DC, and I could not be more excited for Suicide Squad 2 now because I love the idea of a movie about bad guys getting revenge being James Gunn's return. Uh, like, it's a team book, which James Gunn does well, and it can reshape these crazy characters, and it looks like he is writing and directing, as far as the rumor's concerned. That's the status as of the time of this recording. Deadline and The Wrap and other outlets are reporting that he has been signed to, quote, write and possibly direct. So we don't know what happened to Gavin O'Connor's script. We don't know what happened with all of those attachments because it's been about a year the since that story yep. broke. But but if James Gunn is writing and directing, this just jumped right to the top of my most anticipated, personally. Like, what? Out of all the most anticipated, out of all For the... all oh, DC slate. Okay, I got you. For no. DC, like, like... You are a crazy person who is, what, skipping Wonder Woman 1984? James Gunn? I mean, it'll I be know. something to see. It, the 80s plus Wonder Woman, though. That's, they're real close. That's two A pluses. <laughs> no, but I, I, I did love uh, the first Suicide Squad movie. Had, it had some, uh, you know, flaws in it. But okay. overall, just a, a fun movie. So if, if we have a director like James Gunn who... Like, like you said, is a good he a good uh, director for team ensembles. Having this whole cast of uh, bad guys, I'm very excited to see what he can do with this. Because he writes team dynamic better yeah. than like almost anyone. I love how you feel for each individual character, especially ones you shouldn't. Like at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when you're crying with a raccoon over a blue guy <laughs> dying, that's not a thing that normally happens. So if he can make those characters that endearing and lovable, then what he could do with these villains is, is who knows? So it, it is an interesting, it, like it's a very interesting pick because I, I feel like, unless I'm making this up, we talked a lot when Suicide Squad came out about how they, they were probably trying to do a Guardians thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Trying to be like, look, Band of Losers comes together, makes a family... And I'm going to say that there were sort of inconsistent results for different audiences. I'm a person who, like, left with affection for some of these characters, but not entirely convinced that they had, like, pulled off the, now I cry with them, like, that, that I... You, that you might want in that scenario. So it's interesting that they're just kind of like, whatever, let's just get the guy who literally did that. And I think that he can create some interesting dynamics between the characters. Like you have the, the interesting banter between Rocket and Groot and all of yeah. them. I think he could do something like that with Deadshot and Diablo. I think that would be amazing. I can't wait for Deadshot now. Yeah, dude, I, it, I'm, I'm so James excited directing about Will this. Smith. Like, yeah, that, there, like all the pieces of this, this broke as we were going on. This is brand new to our ears. So it's really exciting, the idea that we could shape this universe in this direction. And you're right, I I didn't even put together that James Gunn effectively shaped the marketing for Suicide Squad. Like that, the the rocks, uh, uh, like anthems that they put in and rapid cutting and all that stuff was when Guardians was killing it the first one. So what they're gonna let him do with Freedom Wise? What they're gonna let him do? Like hopefully, like the long, long leash of James Gunn and the budget. I like mean, the idea wait. that he's gonna have a Guardians level budget at DC or more. Yes, and no space holes, guaranteed. I, I can't make any assumptions about what level of freedom he's gonna have. Like I'm not familiar enough with the situation, but like. I this we we can say for sure that like it's it's an interesting thing because I understood Disney's position of of when they were like we have no choice we have to cut off right. this guy but it's sort of like now basically there has been a big public sort of reckoning with this uh, and like Warner Brothers certainly can't say they're not they don't know what they're getting into right um, but like you know all things considered like he didn't pitch a fit when it happened uh, there are these. 
there are larger conversations yeah. about like people making comebacks, and and it's it's funny because it's like James Gunn is not a person that I am mad is going to keep making movies, and even I think, though yeah. I kind of understood why Disney had to do with it. No, I, I completely understand what you're saying, and I think it's interesting to see like once he, if he does end up directing this and he has a bigger part in within the whole DC cinematic mm-hmm. universe to see where like he takes these characters in other franchises, like if he like like for a Guardians example, he had a big impact for Infinity War, what those characters did in that. So it'd be interesting to see what he did with these characters once after Suicide Squad 2 ended and where those like Deadshot if he went on to do something else like he has a part in those uh, uh, in those roles I'd I'd be interested to see what he does with that and like you and I were saying right before we went on air imagine if this bleeds into the DC universe Mm. imagine if they like you know the app is going to need lots of content if he's he was a big part of the overall conversation I agree of phase 3 he can be a bigger part of the conversation for DC universe going forward if they so choose but the idea of this he's not a creative that just sticks to his lane and you're referring to the streaming service when you say DC universe yeah yeah, it's a great service but boy that name is confusing yeah it's that uh but i like the idea that he likes to help other people shape things he likes to be a part of the bigger conversation he likes to be in multiple alleys so this could be huge for all of dc because james gunn his mind works in this broad team spectrum that's what he does so and especially if they let it be a rated r suicide squad i'm not sure if they will but i'd love to see him handle those characters in that direction it's weird because like i don't need like i i liked the sort of I don't need more meanness in James Gunn things, and the Suicide Squad property and, and the precedent they set with the first movie gives a lot of opportunity for that. I do think he can make this really fun and funny and action-packed, yeah. um, and that he has this interest now in like telling these sort of found family stories, which is a really good fit. So, and I like, I think this is pretty much a genius call, but it is interesting that it also follows in the wake of like when they needed someone for tragic reasons to step in on Justice League. They got the Avengers guy. Yeah. And now for Suicide Squad 2, they got literally the Guardians guy. Now, maybe that just shows good sense. Mm, yeah, w, WB is just like, hey, if you're not going to use these, these yeah. people, and then we'll take them up. And James, no, before before uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, no, nobody really knew who those characters were. Like, nobody, they were B, D-list characters <laughs> in, in the comic book. So he <laughs> brought true. that franchise to life. So it'd be interesting, like El, like Diablo, El Diablo, all these characters that people weren't familiar with before, he can really make them something special. So it'd be interesting to see what he did with and that. And I guarantee Katana's going to have more than two lines. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, James oh, yeah. Gunn is going to, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, James James Gunn is going to make Katana awesome. He's going to make those characters that didn't... He might even bring Slipknot back. Who knows? But, like, he's going to do things that they're going to be bold and they're going to take chances, and I hope so. But, like, I, I don't... I'm not as worried about this property now because James Gunn, love him or hate him, he really respects source material while making it his own. Simultaneously, he loves the characters, but that's a James Gunn property now, and that's really exciting to me, especially if Warner Brothers goes, hey, that thing you did, we trust you, go. And that's what I really hope this is. Writing and directing, to me, sounds like that. Mm-hmm. So that's huge, and we'll probably be talking about that every week for a long time. (laughs) Uh, Should should we... Jump onto the five-minute extravaganza? Okay, am I alone on this? Because I loved it, and I'm so excited for this movie, and I love underwater cities and dumb adventure and MacGuffins. (laughs) I'm in for all of it. Are you Assassin's Creed over the rooftops? I'm in. Like... (laughs) The, the scene where they looked like they were underwater fighting was the thing that I've been like, I've been waiting for the special effects to catch up to the yeah. visuals in my head, and I kept hearing, like, this is going to change how we see underwater scenes. This is going to do this, this, and this. This trailer was that for me. There was a scene in this, and I was like, that's what I've been waiting for. I love the look of the trailer. I love that it was Indiana Jones meets snarky comedy. I love that the scope of it was as big as I wanted it to be, and it looks like we're going to adventure. Like, I want to, like, I miss the 90s movies where we go on an adventure, and if I can do that with 
Bromoa? Yes. I want Jason oh, Bromoa no. to leave me Bro- alone. Do you say Bromoa? I just coined that right now. I don't know if it's on the internet so yet. This, Bromoa. This is, this is actually the, the they showed this uh, <laughs> they showed this footage at San Diego Comic Con. This was the exclusive footage they okay, showed. So I got okay, to see this okay. at Hall H, which was freaking breathtaking because it was my first time at Hall H. So seeing this, imagine seeing this trailer on a big ass screen. It was yeah. incredible. So um, seeing this, uh, I, I rewatch it now like constantly. And I remember Jason Momoa said uh, a while back that it this movie is going to be like Star Wars but underwater and some of these clips are just fucking intense like those uh, the, the, those seahorses and all of that it was incredible just to see all of this underwater yeah. like, and the CGI I saw some people online saying like the CGI is, looks bad or something like that I'm like what are y'all are we looking at the same trailer right now that looks incredible it just I've just noticed I'm not always on. in sync with folks when they're sort of like, that was really bad CG. And I was like, just like, what are you at? Yeah. I might not be the most discriminating viewer of that stuff. But like, that, like it, it looked great. And I'm kind of coming around on Mira's wig. <laughs> I, I, I feel like when the CGI is bad and it pulls me out of an adventure, then I'm negative. But overall, if I'm in, if the trailer's good enough that I'm immersed, I don't notice the CG because I'm there. And this trailer was definitely that. If I went frame by frame, I might be like, mm. but since I wasn't, because I was like, this is awesome. Then that was the trailer. And we got to talk about that suit because the screen accurate Aquaman suit I hadn't seen it Comic Con. I've heard I about did it. This yeah. Watching the track, I can't stop. I'm yeah. just, look, they did it. They did the thing. Like this is like Deadpool level. This is screen accurate. It feels like the comic. It definitely feels bolder than I expect them to go. It looks right on Jason Momoa, and it's definitely um, and the trident's a trident, not a quadrant. What do they call four? Quindent. Quindent. There were five, it's right? a trend, and yeah, whatever it is, it's right now. Uh, so, like this moment, this is so visually iconic. What a great way to end a very long trailer. And I've, I don't think I've ever seen a five and a half minute trailer not at Comic Con. And was- that one tracking shot of uh, from it went from uh, uh, Aquaman yeah. to Mera, then back to Aquaman. That was so badass. I, I was loving that the whole time. Yeah. My breath was kind of caught in my throat there. I, I, it was like, I'm just, you know, it's it's gonna be weird watching him sort of be like, yeah, cool through this. But like, I'm so on board. I don't know. They've just. I'm I'm off board. What's the underwater version of being on board? <laughs> Overboard? I'm overboard. <laughs> and I saw people, on, uh, a lot of people online were saying like, oh, they showed too much of it. But I'm, I'm glad Jason Momoa and uh, James Wan came out and said, no, the, if, this is just the, the tip of the iceberg. There's, there's so a lot much. Going yeah, on. You're, a, you're already like, I know what this movie. And then Black Matter shows up and you're like, no, I do not. <laughs> And what better way to sell tickets for people that aren't sure of where they want the DC Universe to go? Show a lot of it, but still don't show the third act, theoretically. And then you have your tickets sold, and we get to be surprised again. And now I believe in the underwater footage. This totally sold me. This is what I wanted it to be, and it was. Just visually breathtaking. I'm so excited. James Wan's going to kill this. He, um, I think it's going to be one of the best DC movies we've seen thus far. I'm really excited. And, and uh, what I hope is that, like, for folks who feel like they gave away too much, I, I feel like right now they're sort of like, we're trying to earn your trust. We're yeah. trying to earn your excitement. Um, if theoretically, if this one goes well and it's a huge hit and the next one comes around, they can start being te- just teasing us, you know? Because now we trust in the Atlantis world. Now we trust in the underwater environment. And mm-hmm. we trust in the direction DC's going. This is our first one where we think this is where they're going to start to steer a different direction, so this is exciting. Oh, Suicide Squad 2 back on the map in a very... In a huge way. Like, and I'm sorry in advance for Bromoa being a thing that I said. No, I'm not. Bromoa. Jason Bromoa. Jason Bromoa. We'll make, <laughs> make that a thing. Hashtag Jason Bromoa. Uh, so, in the world of Marvel adjacent, not Marvel yeah. direct, Venom broke all the October records. It is approaching the $90 million mark, and that opening weekend it hit 80 before I think Gravity was at 55, so it nearly doubled. It did substantial numbers, or one and a half. It did incredible this weekend. It was, that was the October record, of course, you're referring to. Yeah, the October record. And uh, to give full credit to A Star is Born, A Star is Born made 40 plus million, so it almost tied the record in second place. Huge weekend of the 
box office. I personally really enjoyed Venom, and I also simultaneously understood everyone that didn't. It was a very interesting movie for me, where as soon as I walked out, I was like, well, I'm going to be defending that for the next 10 years. I really had a fun time, and that's what I, as soon as he was, there was a scene where he's in a restaurant, and like things went crazy from that point on. As soon as that scene happened, I was like, oh, this is the movie I never knew I wanted, and it needed to be PG-13. This was a movie to appeal to a PG-13 audience, and it made $80 million. So, not just those records, I also want to say that this is a great opportunity for Sony. Now that Spider-Verse can exist, whether people like that or hate it, we're going to see, but $80 million is we're getting a sequel, we're probably going to get Silver and Black, we're probably going to get the, the Silk movie we want, we might get the Craven thing, Morbius is the next thing on their docket, Morbius is already being cast and moving along, this isn't, is huge. And isn't there a Silk movie? Yeah, Silk, yeah. Silk, yeah. But I, I, and I watched, uh, I went and see, uh, saw Venom last What'd night. What do you think? I thought it was, I thought it was being a fun careful movie. careful spoilers, because no, some yeah, folks yeah, might not have seen it. I, I thought it was a fun movie, and like you said, once he actually is introduced to the symbiote, that's when the movie really picks up for me. I thought it had a slow start at the beginning, but it was a fun movie, and I, uh, me and Corey talked about it uh, at the beginning of the, or before the show, is I said it, it if, if this came out around the time of the Fantastic Four movie era, and I think it would have been fine. Like it, it, not, it didn't knock it out of the ballpark like in the comic book genre movie era, but it was an enjoyable, fun movie. And mm. I thought, it, yeah, it had its flaws, but I definitely go see it again overall. But oh, um, I thought it could definitely. It, they left it off where, yeah, you can build a world around this. And some of the fight scenes, I would have liked it to be radar when when Venom was going hard. I could, I would have liked to seen some more blood and more gore. But it, it was a fun movie, I thought. But it, it just. I don't know, man. It's funny because it was, it was a real mixed bag for me where I was sort of like, here are the things that I think this movie is doing really well, and yes. I'm surprised how much I'm enjoying them. And here's <laughs> other things that it's just sort of like not interested <laughs> in doing. But like, it, but I get, I, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that it did this much, yeah. but we talked for a while about like, when, when we had Hector on the show, like, there is a deep and passionate love for this character. There are people who are just going to show up. And, and this I thought was really interesting in the box office reporting. Uh, I don't know... Like, how sustained this is, but the Box Office Mojo link, I think, was the one that said two-thirds of this audience was 25 and under. And that's what I expected. And that is unusual. Right, and those kids would have been buying tickets to A Star is Born and sneaking in. Like, this sold the tickets. <laughs> those kids bought the tickets to the movie they saw because it was PG-13. I will not defend PG-13 for characters that have to be R, like I think Deadpool, which is a conversation we're having now. But I think that <laughs> movies that work this fine line between hyper-violence but weird comedy, and I understand, they, they advertise this as a sci-fi thriller because that's the movie that die-hard comic Venom fans wanted, and then they bait-and-switched us with this weird thriller sci-fi comedy that was more comedy. Slash and, universal horror monster movie. And I totally get that tone not being in the ads. I actually appreciated the bait and switch because it might not have done the 80 million if they'd sold it as the weird comedy is because the comedy is weird. Like the types of laughs in this movie are very strange. But now that I've lived in this little Sony Venomverse, I'm excited for the sequel because now they can tell me what it's going to be. Like I'm, I'm so in. And that $80 million says a lot of other people are too. I know the drop off might be huge between week one and week two. We're going to see how that goes for longevity. But no matter what, it's already made its money back with domestic and international, which means we should be getting a sequel. I think Tom Hardy signed on for three. This, uh, once again, this will be a movie I'm defending for a very long time. I laughed more in this, and this is something I can throw on Blu-ray and like have a beer and kick back. I'm not going to hate cry my way through like very serious films. Like, Infinity War breaks me. I can't casually yeah. watch that on a Wednesday. <laughs> Venom, I can. I, and I thought the the turd in the wind, I, they, they shouldn't have marked it. Like, if you watch it in context, it actually works. Like, uh, no, hey, hey. <laughs> No, I have been surprisingly it, quiet for me defending Venom for this last two minutes. No, I, I like. <laughs> it, 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 
if, if, you watch, if, if you watch it in the in the context of it, I thought it worked. Like maybe they should have left it out of the promotional marketing. But it, right. when you're watching it in the movie theater, you're like, eh, that like that was fine. I, I, and I actually kind of chuckled when I saw it in, in, when that you happened. You know what's funny is when I was expecting like now that it's made all this money, I'm gonna start being like, okay, but if you're doing another one of these. Add some things to your slate of ambitions because yeah. I want to see you do all the things you did well. But like, if we're doing this, if this is a blockbuster franchise thing, like, step it up. I believe in you. You've got Tom Hardy. Yeah, You've yeah. got Give Michelle Williams, Williams somehow, yeah. <laughs> like, um, who hopefully has points on the back end. <laughs> I think she'll get time in the sequel. I think a lot of people, enough people went, "What is Michelle Williams doing here?" And like, there were times that we talked about. There only she could have landed some of that dialogue. She deserved that paycheck. <laughs> but at the same time, going forward, I really think the sequel has a lot more room to grow because of this first one being as weirdly polarizing as it was and I also feel like it gave us a good opportunity to see that the Marvel formula definitely works for Marvel. I'm glad Venom wasn't a Marvel movie and I never thought I'd say that. This movie would not exist under Kevin Feige's direction and I love Kevin Feige. Like I get called a Marvel shill every 30 seconds but I also appreciate that I can have a different type of superhero movie in 2018. This was nothing like anything I'd seen in years and I had fun with that. Do you think, I, I don't know if we can, t- I don't want to talk spoilers but um in the in the sequel, do you like so you say you, didn't, you don't think it needs to be PG thirteen? I think I, the next one's gonna have a hard time being yeah. not because <laughs> of the ending. Yeah, so that's gonna be tricky. But I mean, they surprised me here. This actually opened me up to full PG thirteen awareness. I'm now like, let's see what happens. But I'm like drinking lemonade with all those lemons. Like I, I know that this is a very uphill battle, but I'm I'm excited for the Sony verse now, and I didn't think I would be. And I thought it was interesting that this movie and Upgrade came out uh, in the same year because this, this, they're pretty much like the, the similar type of story uh, yeah. in terms of like the, like you have somebody in your head like symbiotype story mm. like controlling but i thought in terms of storytelling upgrade did a, a better job but at venom once he actually got the symbiote from there i'm, I'm excited to see the future of it because now he you know, like they don't have to set up an origin story see the sequel can just be all out nonsense crazy and then right. we can just just see what happens from there in this sony spider verse put that put on the poster all out nonsense crazy venom 2 <laughs> and worth noting if you do want to see an r-rated venom do check out upgrade uh it is a very yes. good movie and it's um, what i imagined an r-rated venom would have been so there is an r-rated venom for you and it's an indie film and support indie cinema yeah, which kind of brings us to it indie just indies. Uh, brings us to our next thing. Uh, I, it's it's TV, but uh, this was I love that you put this in, so, in majors yes. because this is a, a, the other thing that came out of New York City Comic Con this week was 18 million announcements and trailers and yeah. previews <laughs> for the like wide and beautiful world of comics being adapted into film and television. Like so you just wait, strap in for minors. It's going to be like a lot. But uh, the very first one, I'm going to let you lead. What did we get this weekend? This weekend, we got not just a teaser trailer that was beautiful for the boys. The boys had Simon Pegg in it. And tell us why that is so special. Simon Pegg is the basis of Wee Huey, the look of Wee Huey, the voice of Wee Huey. So much about this very iconic, if you're into indie comics character, he's a huge indie comics character. And Simon Pegg can't play him because he's a little on the older side to play him. So he plays his dad in the best (laughs) bit of amazing bait and switch casting. What a great like twist on like, well, he can't play, but he's his dad. He surprised everyone at Comic-Con. It was a great moment. I I got worked up. So we're I watching really enjoyed this, the teaser that's playing by Corey right now is, uh, or by me, uh, is is them running down like the bright and shiny superheroes that are here for your protection. And uh, I think if we hold on for one sec, you'll see what this series is about. Everything changes. Mm-hmm. 
So that's The Boys. <laughs> the Boys is not bright and shiny. The Boys is a commentary on the bright and shiny. The Boys are a team of people that are taking out superheroes because superheroes are not just rock stars, not just sports stars. They're run rampant with power, and they rape, pillage, murder, destroy. Like, superheroes are awful in this world, so this team of people have to take them out, and it is... It is a dark book. Uh, it, Derek Robertson draws the hell out of some violence. Uh, I'm surprised this is getting made, but after Preacher, a lot of the Preacher team is coming back to work on this. I think this has the chance to be the hard R we haven't gotten yet. Deadpool's a very hard R for comedy and some violence. This is on streaming. This is Amazon. This can be perverse. So boys can be the thing that, like, when you pick up a boys comic, you're in for a ride. This could be something really special. That teaser kind of reminded me of a, if you, I don't know if you guys seen, I'm sure you have the, the movie Sky High, an old, mm-hmm. yeah. old Disney movie. This is like if, if Sky High was um a, like a rated R type film. Like, if they you get the behind the scenes, look at all the, the superheroes. The like, dark and see me yeah, under yeah, yeah, exactly. of Sky High. Um, that's, pretty, exactly. That, that's pretty much what it reminding me of and it's what like there's it's weird because like subvert the bright shininess of superhero is now a an idea with a 30 40 year history sure um and and but what but what is interesting is like and the boys like it's got incredible creators garth ennis and Derek robinson are rock stars um I still haven't dived into it, and I'm not sure this one is going to be for me, but, like, I respect the heck out of it because it's one of those, like, people love this book, and there's going to be people who, like, crave this, Mm -hmm. who've been watching a certain thing and are ready to see, like, the response, and this is the response. Uh, And Karen Fukuhara probably gets to do a lot, and And I'm excited about that. They're doing the Sin City 1 thing where they're grabbing frames out of the comic. This shot behind Amy is exactly (laughs) a frame from the comic, and the poster is exactly the cover of The Boys 1. Oh, that was beautiful. That was so reverent. Yeah, they're they're like, we love the comic. Here's the comic. And they got Judge Dredd's Carl Urban as an awesome ass-kicking character. They've got, like, the casting is top-notch visually, and the framing being that perfect visually means they're not only reading the comic, they're invested in the comic, and the comic is one of the most messed up comics on the shelves so this could be a really good opportunity for people that are having superhero fatigue that are wanting more of that deadpool sensibility that are wanting more things that don't feel like superhero plus the actual in-world superhero stuff the costumes looked amazing the world building looks like (laughs) a a new place we haven't seen and that's really hard in this very full world of superheroes i'm excited and you and when you walk around new york comic i don't know if you saw the thing i think there were like posters that said like fuck soups at the bottom of it yeah that that was hilarious there was a a giant it looked like i mean it looked like the poster from dream spot yeah. Where it's like choose life, choose blah 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 blah. But it was like, you know, heck with superheroes, heck with their shiny bullshit, heck with their abusive power. And it's like, you know, there's there's a concept there. I'm I'm lining up for Aquaman because I still get emotional when you're like, they don't need a king, they need a hero. But there's a counterpoint there too, and that's worth making. Yeah, I want both. I want Daredevil on Netflix to stay there, and I want the bright and shiny Captain America movies. I really like that we live in a world where you have this much to dive into. How many it's, of the Captain America movies did you watch? Quite? There was one that was bright and shiny. I realized <laughs> that it uh, very quickly just turned into darkness like the world might be doing right I, now. I love them. And you'll, I love <laughs> like, everything about them. Like but, the Captain Shiny movie. He's uh, shiny. But it's, it's I've said it before it's like a spinner rack like when you were a kid and you walked into a comic store in the 90s and you flipped through the comics and you had different options going on the tv right now is like a spinner rack for this and that's this is another taste this is another piece let's take a quick break you know it's one of my favorite things to do post dancing rehearsal not gonna lie it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink you all know i love a glass of wine or two but i also like to switch it up so lately jason and i have been making a little cocktail at night using rum haven 
Rumhaven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rumhaven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality shows back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Today's specials, new Chase Freedom Flex with 3% on dining, including takeout. Now every meal comes with a side of cash back. Learn more at chasefreedom.com. Cars are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Hey, Collider fans, this is John Roca. If you like this show, you are going to love Riggle's Picks with Rob Riggle and Sarah Tiana on Podcast One. You've seen Rob in the hit movie Night School with Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish, but you can hear him every week on the funniest sports podcast around with co-host Sarah Tiana. Check out Riggle's Picks every Thursday on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Podcasts. So speaking of the amazing galaxy of stuff that's out there, let's get into some of these minor mutations because New York was a lot. Yes. So our first minor mutation is that we have confirmation in the new Daredevil trailer of a character we've been wanting for three seasons, and that is Bullseye. Bullseye is in Daredevil season three, and I cannot wait to talk about it. Hype, 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 hype. <laughs> and it's almost here. Um, we also got, we'd heard long ago that they were doing a Harley Quinn animated show, but we hadn't heard a lot about it. It's on the new streaming service. We friggin' got a teaser, which I found hilarious. I hope you didn't mind classic. those shots at Deadpool, but Kaylee Guoco <laughs> voices Harley. She looks like classic Harley, although I'm sure we'll see a lot of things. It's happening. The trailer's out. I'm very excited. She poured salt in an open wound. I miss my show. Uh, but Deadly Class is also coming. We have our first look at Deadly Class. Sci-Fi revealed some stuff at New York Comic Con, so we're going to dive into the Deadly Class footage. It's exciting. Just after Comic-Con, we got our first image of Batwoman, and I gotta say, my first response was someone showed me this, and I was like, yeah, but where's the picture of Batwoman in the show? This is just a picture of Bat... And then I was like, oh my god, that's... Oh, oh. So I guess I liked it. Screen accuracy, they got it. We also have an endorsement from Kevin Smith, who is in every way affiliated with comic books, <laughs> endorsing John Hamm as Batman, which is very interesting. And uh, David Tennant's also on board. I'm very excited because John, John Hamm's been rumored, he's been talked about, there's been press stuff. Maybe this is more confirmation? Or maybe it's just more rumors like this next one, <laughs> which we have no idea whether is likely or not. But there was a rumor going around this week that Jack O'Connell might be looked at for the Matt Reeves Batman. Which says a lot about the scope and the look of what that film might be. If it's even true. And also in the DC Universe, we have a new Titans trailer, which definitely goes in the dark direction, but gives us other things to talk about than beep, Batman. Hmm. In addition to releasing new promo stuff at uh, New York Comic Con, we got commentary from folks. Todd McFarlane spoke a bit on Spawn's tone and some difficulties. Speaking of hellish characters, Hellboy premiered a trailer at Comic Con, and I cannot wait to talk about it. I don't want to reveal that here. Uh, there was a new trailer for Sabrina, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, just uh, because I love reminding everyone that that is a comic book TV show, and it's amazing. <laughs> we also have some casting news. Matt Bomer has joined Doom Patrol, making that an incredible cast. That cast is just growing. And Renee Montoya has added Bir is Birds of Prey, so lots of good DC casting Rosie news. Perez is a Birds of Prey. Yes. 
Oh my goodness. And uh, one of the reasons I was like, Dorian, please come on the show, is because there was an Into the Spider-Verse panel, and I need to hear all about it without any spoilers at all, but tell me everything, but tell me nothing, no, no pressure. <laughs> And finally, the Umbrella Academy released some images, and there are umbrellas. <laughs> we got a series of posters for Umbrella Academy. All right, so that's... Oh, yes, come on. Look at that. So, so that's a lot. That's a whole lot. Damn. Damn. What jumps yeah. out at you? Hmm? What jumps out at you from that uh, list? Definitely probably the Into the Spider-Verse, of course. The, I got to see, so when I went to New York Comic Con, this is my first New York Comic Con, uh, we went to the panel. They, they, I didn't even think that was going to happen. Like the, uh, They said, all right, guys, we're gonna, he made us stand up, put both of our hands up, say, we swear we won't uh, share the footage or whatever, which, I'm not, which I didn't, but uh, we said we're, we're going to do the first 35 minutes and then played it. When I tell you that this was probably going to be one of the best Spider-Man movies I've ever seen, like, believe me, like, it it was breathtaking. It was so beautiful. This is the epitome of a comic book being brought to life, Amy. Like, you're going to love it. And then, Koi, like, I'm there were so many Easter eggs. Just in the first 30 minutes, there were so many Easter eggs sprinkled throughout the thing. So many cameos. I don't, I can't even talk about it. It was, it was just. <laughs> yes, thank you. We won't make you break it, your promise. Yeah, it was just, it, oh, man, like. Miles Morales, just finally seeing him on the big screen, like he walked, he did a, a scene. He was like Brooklyn, and being in New York and seeing that, oh. seeing him like in New York and finding his own way, because this is his origin story. So you get to see him like becoming who he really is meant to be, and it was just, it was so, it was so beautiful. I was, I was getting so emotional, and then right off the back, like it kind of had that Black Panther type feel in terms of a soundtrack. You, you get that music, you get that hype right off the back, and I was just grooving right from the beginning. I was like, oh, this is what we're about to do oh man and just uh, i thought jake johnson as uh, peter parker that was a perfect casting Haley steinfeld as gwen stacy that 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 was another uh perfect casting in my opinion and then shameek moore as miles he is miles he killed it as as um miles morales it was just so cool and the, the, the dynamic between peter and miles morales it, it was so breathtaking and amazing to watch you amy and coy i'm telling you, you guys so this is going to be one of your favorite movies comic book movies maybe one of your favorite movies of all time and probably one of the best animated movies if and I, it's so beautiful it's really, just it's the pieces it's, we've it's, seen it's, like that most recent trailer when we finally got to see Gwen Stacy's face, Spider Gwen's face, that moment of like, this is stunning. It looks like, I mean, the, the term a comic come to life has been used for 20 years. Right. But, but this, this is yeah, the first time I was like, it. oh, I haven't seen that because this is seeing that. And this is like nothing I've experienced before. It's uh, perfect. I can't wait. There, and those, there's some Easter eggs in there that you're, you're just going to be like, uh, they, they, they did this just for me because I, I'm a big ass Spider-Man fan. But overall, guys, the best the best thing I've ever seen from, new, I guess, probably from any Comic-Con. Oh, just amazing. being there in the in the Hulu theater, just, oh my God, guys. Seeing the amount of yes. references in the three-minute trailer we just had, like we had the, you know, the, the train moment, the the punching Doc Ock thing back, like all of those moments that are referencing other Spider-Man worlds. Yeah. I love how self-aware it is, and I haven't seen the 30 minutes, so I cannot wait for, I mean, December 14th, we'll be here before we know it, but it can't come soon enough. And there was a, and so, can we, we can't talk about, God, I want to talk about um, post-credits and spoilers from, <laughs> nope, nope, we're, we're not going to Nope, you're, I'm no, with you. We're, I'm with we're not, 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 not going to talk about that, but yeah, the, 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 the it's the cool how it all comes together. It, yes, it's cool how it's cool how everything comes together in, in, in the Spider Verse movie. Yeah, it, it, you guys. We are, are we are vague looking at you it. from the internet. Uh, what what's on your list? So tell me about this Todd McFarlane thing. Uh, yeah, Todd McFarlane thing is very exciting for me because it shows Todd McFarlane basically said that they're having trouble getting the right tone of the movie with the suits. Like every time he sends them a thing, they send him notes that are like them not understanding 
understanding what he wants to make. Now, Blumhouse is pretty much giving him free reign as far as I'd heard up until this point, and they're making an R-rated, does whatever he wants to do with him movie, but I've also heard him describe Spawn as Jaws. So mm. I've heard that he only wants Spawn to pop up for like 15 minutes and not speak. I've heard that Jamie Foxx is just in it and he just comes in the darkness and like leaves a lot. So I imagine for any studio, even one that takes chances like Blumhouse, that's hard to be like, oh, you want our title character to not be in the mo- movie? <laughs> so what I think is really interesting is that they're letting the writer of the creator of Spawn do a movie having never directed because of the way the money's working. But the fact that they're still giving him notes means... They're invested in this as a franchise. This isn't a throwaway movie thing. Blumhouse sometimes is like, here's $10 million. We won't tell you anything. You're going to make 10 or not, but we already made 400 off this last thing. Like, there's so much profit in horror movies. What I find interesting is this sounds like the first time that Blumhouse is looking at it as a franchise. Do you think that part of what is going on could be, diff- like, literally just the, the practical steps you have to take to do something like bringing Spawn to life? When you talk about tone, when you talk about designs, some of that might just be, like, the back and forth of collaborating with a new medium. To sure. Like, maybe it's just that they're like, here's what we can do with that. And he's like, no, 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 here's what I want. Like, this could be the really productive and necessary phase of like, I want to do this. And you're like, okay, the suit will look like this. Mm-hmm. And you're like, mm, try that. And you're like, okay, we tried this. Okay, try that. Like, because as, as and I alluded to this in my uh, Venom spoiler review, some of these comics original concepts you face a lot of challenges when you're translating them to other media and like it probably takes some work to try and get that to read to have the effect that you want unless you're in Spider-Verse and you have animation and And you're like from my brain what I think is I mean I see this as a positive I see this as like Frank Miller I think when he took over like directing a lot of the scenes in Sin City 2 wasn't given enough notes because he was the creator I think that he had too much freedom as a non-director to do that so this to me is saying Blumhouse is invested todd mcfarlane's invested we're invested this actually gives me more hope for spawn so i wanted to run it because not only is it an indie film with a very like you know not mainstream character but it's the fact that there is enough conflict that they're trying to make it right i'm excited for spawn we don't talk about it enough no yeah i think it's like their this is their first endeavor in trying to make bring something like a a world Mm -hmm. building to life so it's like you got to really put time and effort into this because if they're trying to make bring this comic book character to life they're trying to be the next dc the next marvel in terms of building a cinematic universe you want to make that first movie like as best as you can make it because their yeah. conjuring universe was an accident they made the first conjuring and then the world loved it and then they made a universe not an accident but it was not expected yeah. they didn't build it for that so i like the idea they know what world building is how to branch into this and i, I love these conversations being public as much as they might not uh so <laughs> i think it's really interesting to hear about uh what about you what, what jumped out for you from my uh, well i i want to clarify just because it made me laugh so much i i think i've never had this happen when my friend showed me the picture of batwoman this morning of ruby rose as batwoman i like it was just on a phone and out of the corner of my eye and i literally was like oh that's clearly the preview image for this article then it's just some illustration i've never <laughs> seen a batwoman because i'm so not used to them being like oh what does she look like bam yeah sorry for blowing the mic out there <laughs> got very excited but like it's it looks like friggin it looks like a, yeah it looks like a like even roko said it, it didn't look like an actual picture which i will give to him it's like a it looks like a, a drawing but an amazing drawing at that like there's so much photoshop with it but she looks yeah. amazing herself and i'm really excited to see what they do with it because this is one of the one of the better costumes we've seen in terms of cw shows i think the, the closest this comes to is a the black lightning those costumes mm-hmm. especially um thunder thunder mm-hmm. her suit is sick but this is this is a, one of the sickest costumes i've seen from any cw show thus far 
I think that what they're doing is showing like, hey, you guys all got mad on the internet. Look what we did out of that anger. We made this amazing suit, yeah. and it's screen accurate, and it's comic accurate, and you're welcome. So I like when when there's a single image that can shred a lot of people yeah, up. I'm excited. And, it, and yeah. it is. It does has, have differences. They're using that textured sort of printed thing that that is very like current in terms of superhero technology. Right. But like, I like what they did with the red bat here. But like, they've kept the look in a, such a substantial way, and I'm. Very excited. I want to stick with the world of bat people. Okay. Uh, the John Hamm Batman thing, <laughs> I think, is so funny because Kevin Smith posted his endorsement on Instagram for John Hamm as Batman, and so many people I read through the thread were like, oh, this is why Ben Affleck's not friends with you anymore. And I was like, really? Really? So I Boy, think people it's, aren't allowed to have fun. People now remember <laughs> the, the internet's for being upset, not for positivity. So I thought it was really interesting that it, whether or not we have Batfleck going forward, Kevin Smith isn't running DC. He was just saying He's like, "Look employee. at this man. He looks like Bruce Wayne." And the internet was like, "How dare you?" Uh, John Hamm has been rumored as Batman as a concept for a very long time. He's just very popular fan he, casting, he, but yeah. it is fun to talk about. And he looks like Bruce Wayne. That's legit. Uh, watching Bad Times at the El Royale, the whole opening scene, I was like, "Why is Bruce Wayne staying?" at this motel. What a weird thing for him to be selling vacuums. Why is he a detective? Uh, so all of that, and then David Tennant is obviously doing press them as well. Uh, yeah, it was like uh, the Good Omens panel. I wasn't at it, but I was reading it uh, like... An- it's the only reason I'm not talking about it is, is not comics, but get excited about that. <laughs> um, it's the best. Uh, they, they're on their panel. Like somebody brought it up in front of him, and apparently David Tennant just was like, oh, "That's the best idea ever!" and like <laughs> led the whole audience in a chant of bat ham. And like it, it's just adorable because it what also implies to me is that apparently if you meet John Hamm in real life, you just get excited to say nice things about him. <laughs> and I love seeing that where people are just like, "Yeah, you should be Batman. You'd be amazing." Like Thank that's you, just Amy. sweet. What a great yeah, feeling. Hold on. Thank you. Just lean back. New rumor. Collider Heroes. Dorian Parks is Batman. I was literally thinking that when I when I was watching Bad Times at the Oriole, I was like, yeah. He could he could definitely play he could definitely play Bruce because Wayne the Bruce Batman. Wayne side is just how he looks and then the darkness is how he played his, his Madman character but he's also a very funny guy like the the person that is John Hamm is hilarious so I love the duality of like what he looks like versus who he is almost like some sort of Batman and like this is all very early and I just I think that it's worth noting that Kevin Smith is a comic creator a director of Supergirl amongst other comic things he's done Mallrats and he he bleeds comics like we do he is as sweaty as it gets him endorsing John. Ham doesn't mean anything except a fan very excited about a concept and to attack one of us that has achieved that level of success for him being excited about something is gross so screw you uh, but also it's really exciting to have someone that's so invested in the DC world get excited enough they're doing things that DC's probably pissed about it like can you imagine like he's done the fat man on Batman and they've let that be even yeah. though that's completely like copyright problems because they love Kevin but then Kevin's like hey what if John Ham? like that's such a great thing that like I, I just I thought it was worth talking about being a fan and being that excited. John Hamm would be a cool Batman. Discuss. Uh, another another one from the the minor mutation I want to talk about is Titans. So mm. I got to I got to watch the first three episodes um, uh, for New York Comic Con because I got yeah. to interview them. Yes. And just being a, I just want to say being able to interview the live action Titans cast after watching being a little kid watching the, <laughs> the show and then going to Teen Titans Go and then being able to just sit there and interview them it was one of the the best things I'll, I've ever done and I'll never forget it. One of the highlights of my career. So just being able to sit there and tell Starfire, you crushed it. You did amazing. It was one of the best things I've ever this seen. This is in my what life. I want to hear, Dorian. But yeah, so overall, Titans, I really enjoyed it. It was incredible, in my opinion. I thought Hawk and Dove really worked because they have like their own episode for episode two. Not really a spoiler, but they re- yeah. really get to. Throw up a spoiler tag just if you want, just in case, like if you're going to talk about stuff that happens in the first three, um, because I am excited. So Titans, first three episodes, not full spoilers necessarily, right. but like. 
Tell us about it. So you get to really see Hawk and Dove and see their relationship a little bit and the action between them. Like they, it's like a dance when they're in, when they're dancing. I'm not dancing when they're fighting. Their choreography is like a dance because they really work off of each other. Like Hawk uses Dove as a weapon, and I don't know how I'm explaining. I know, if, I know I'm that sounds awesome. I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but it's it's beautiful. And Robin's action is also incredible. And people were worried about Starfire's uh, uh, CGI and gra- and design. It all makes sense, and if you the story makes sense, especially once you get to the third episode it they they don't just have her looking like that for no reason so give it a chance please because she's she's been getting a lot of hate for that but she is the breakout character from the show easily she leads she holds her show together and we don't get to see a lot of beast boy in the first couple episodes but there's a reason for that um they don't really talk about it too much but and they put me. some hints in that trailer yeah that, like we're that that should be interesting stuff. Yeah, and uh, so the tra- so they they should have made this. They should have dropped the, the newest trailer. They should have made that trailer first because mm-hmm. it it really shows off the what's going to happen throughout the first couple of episodes without really spoiling anything. But overall, I think you guys are going to enjoy Titans, especially if you're a fan of the comics or if you're a fan of the t- uh, the Titans TV show. And I did talk to Jeff Johns as well, and he said that because people were complaining about Starfire not having the green energy bolts, and he, and he said that Starfire is just now figuring out her power. She has no memory recollection. She's just now. Figuring out her powers, so there, and you see her eyes do go green. So there is a chance that mm. we will see the green energy bolts. And I also asked him if there were, if there's any chance of seeing Batman. He said, "You never know." He said, there, <laughs> he said anything's possible because there are a couple references to Bruce throughout the the first couple of episodes and the Joker as well. So oh, we're, it's, it's going to be it's going to be great, guys. I think you guys are going to love it. Okay, that's extremely exciting. Every week we have a new episode once it debuts, right? It's a weekly show. Yes. Starting on the 12th? I think the first episode comes out this week. I yeah, I think this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. this week. Sounds I think this right. week. Uh, then, so then we'll get them weekly. So in three weeks, we'll be caught up to your knowledge. Yeah, and then and then so they did say on epi- uh, episode five is when the, the Doom Patrol will be introduced. Yeah. And the, and it's like a spinoff from there. And then we'll get to see Perfect. The, the Doom Patrol in action. Off that tangent, yeah. the casting of Doom Patrol has me very excited. Uh, I, I literally just got to the point where I said we have Arena Montoya. Rosie Perez and Matt Bomer joining like Brendan Fraser and we like, put these uh, into both in DC because they're DC casting announcements and there were a million minors. But of course, uh, Rosie Perez is joining the Birds of Prey movie, um, and I'm like, I'm a Renee Montoya stan, so <laughs> I'm really excited. Uh, and like, just and the Michael DC is joining the DC Universe streaming service as Negative Man. So the DC casting right now, I'm, th- I'm saying that as a unit. So like Brendan Fraser, like that's been the the peak for me. I can't wait to see anything from that. Brendan Fraser has just been like DC's Timothy was- Dalton. Timothy freaking Dalton. There's so much. So DC casting is as I like that they're going slightly a skew of what you'd think of. These aren't like wizard magazine casting choices. They're like, oh wait, that is perfect, but I would never have thought of that. So I really like these casting announcements this week. Kids, wizard magazine is what Corey and I grew up on. Uh, It was a wonderful thing, and we miss it very much, and it featured a regular roundup of fan casting, some of which has beautifully come to life, and some of which was just dreams uh, and some was awful some yeah. was so 90s i still yeah. have my old wizards and sometimes you take a peek but I, I think all these cast announcements are really exciting because of what it says about the people that are doing the casting they're not casting the person that is going to be the first choice they're casting the best choice and i really think that's great and we've had all, we've heard all these rumors about brendan fraser struggling with all of his madness and taxes and stuff and i'm really excited to see him as a superhero i'm excited to see that like comeback of brendan fraser and then this week getting matt bomer uh, on doom patrol as well i can't yes. wait to see that dynamic with all of them so all of dc's casting i'm now more excited for birds Prey because yes. I, I've only heard like those little pieces of things, but like the last two weeks, all this casting we've gotten for Birds of Prey, all in this, yeah. The Birds of Prey, this this movie is shaping up. This is this might be one of my most excited movies for the future DC slate. The, the casting from from 
that from now until uh, that we've gotten previously, I, I just think they're going to knock it out. Winsett, yeah. 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 Bell, I finally they're going to. I think they're going to knock it out of the park with this movie. Margot Robbie, you, you, especially she's producing it, correct? I believe she is. So I, I believe she. I, she she does not hard for this behind she the scenes, yeah. according to reports. She doesn't attach her name to anything unless she really believes in it. I think she's going to. She's going to put her all into this. The cast is going to do great, and I'm just excited for this movie as as a whole. It is interesting because I hadn't considered the way that like now versions of Harley like now that Suicide Squad 2 which I always assumed was going to happen but like I thought there was a chance of Birds of Prey sort of Mm. taking center stage and it'll be interesting now to see if those can kind of work together or if we'll get sort of distinct visions Um, because I I want to keep like this thing that they're building I'm intrigued by it I want to see it work Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't like I don't think I don't know James Gunn. I don't think he'd be the kind of person to be like, elbow out whoever's already working. I I think he'd be more like, we're all doing this cool stuff together. But I hope the people behind the scenes aren't being like, oh, the risky one or the guy who made Guardians and like shoving it back in a corner. Uh, Unless it thrives in a corner, in which case do it. I just realized in you saying that, that we get a version of Harley that is James Gunn's as well as a version of Harley that is Birds of Prey. And that means we get a Harley and Joker through James Gunn's mind. And then we also get Birds of Prey doing Black Mask within the same like year-ish. That's insane. I hadn't put that together. Like, just the ramifications of that. Isn't there still a Harley and Joker, like, separate movie? There's 82 Joker films. (laughs) Roughly 82 are coming for the next five years. Do you think DC's whole Three Jokers comic is just a joke about (laughs) the fact that they're like, just put it into continuity? Every post-credit scene is another Joker from another film, and they all hang out at the end and eat shawarma. They said it was like, this is us meets Bad Santa. Which is the craziest description of a script I've ever heard. We'll we'll see what happens with that. I I don't know. But speaking of Batman, I want to talk about the Jerry. O'Connell thing. Okay, Jack O'Connell. Jack O'Connell, thank you. Because Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell will be fed. Kangaroo Jack. Uh, Jack O'Connell is a actor younger than me. He's an incredible actor. He, you'd probably know him from like he had an Oscar turn in Unbreakable, Unbroken. Sorry, Unbroken. He's in Startup, which is a very Bronson kind of film. Seventy One is great. He's a brilliant British thespian. He's a full-on film actor. He's great. But what this says to me is they might be doing the rumor of going back as a young Bruce Wayne with the bookends of Batfleck narrating, and that could mean the Court of Owls. That could mean a origin story. That could mean a not year one, but year one-ish, because this would be the beginning of Batman. This would be a very young Batman, and I hadn't heard this is all rumors, but just the name being mentioned shows how young they're looking, if that's the direction they go, and I personally think Jack O'Connell's an incredible actor. I don't know if he's Batman, but if they're looking at that caliber of actor, that young of actor, this is the first insight we've had into what his the Batman might be. What do you guys think about the youth and the, the caliber? So I'm not too familiar with this actor, but if DC and Matt Reeves are confident enough to be like, hey, this could potentially be our Batman, he could hold this this trilogy or this franchise together for the next couple of years, then I'm all for it because DC's casting overall, like from Justice League to, the, to we got Flash, I love the casting so, thus far, so I believe in, I'm, I'm confident in whatever choices they make so if they're if they believe in him and he's a young actor and he he's going to carry this this franchise for the next few years then go all for it because i would love to see a younger batman in this whole dc cinematic universe especially if it if it's bat uh ben affleck's batman narrating it mm-hmm. just like propelling what's going to happen in, in, in the past i would love to see that that would be incredible because he's approaching 30 and mm-hmm. that means we could get a lot more villains we could we could have the the best rogues gallery in comics batman and spider-man are my two so the idea well, of King Gr- phoenix and old man makeup Go. Just, <laughs> but the idea of seeing these villains grow with him and seeing like what Gotham we thought might have been and all these things, having a younger Batman I think is exciting and I think this caliber of actor shows what they're looking at. What do you think about Jack? Uh, 
it'll be, I'm glad you brought it up for the interesting tack of if it really is someone younger. It'd be interesting to see someone who's not a household name be the main pick. Uh, and, and, like, we don't know the status of this rumor yet. So mm. I'm very excited to see sort of more about that movie as it comes up. But, like, as we talked about, there's so much going on in the yeah. DC universe. Like, I'm cool. Like, just tell me when you're ready. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a ton else on this rundown. The Harley trailer looks great to me. Uh, very funny. I like that it was meta, self-aware, and I like the style of animation. It looks, like, expensive. It looks like a movie. Oh, yeah, it looks I, At first, I was, I was hesitant about uh, Kelly Coco voicing Harley Quinn because, you know, we got Tara, uh, Tara Strong. And I thought Margot Robbie would have came and, yeah. and voiced it because I thought there was talks about that. But once I saw the first trailer, I was like, all right, this, this looks good. I'm, I'm down. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh, we, like... New trailers everywhere, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, the minute we have a Hellboy trailer that everybody can see, we will talk about it because right now, just go look up reactions. Yeah. People feel good. He check gets out, some hints uh, about new characters. Check Were you out at Perry. That one? No, Perry got to see it. So we have a, a video on Collider Video. Perry got to see the first few minutes, uh, the trailer, and she really yes. loved it. Good. Uh, good. Don Saladino is his acting, I mean, his fitness coach, and I actually saw his reaction to it, which is really cool from the from the bro standpoint of like, yeah, he's jacked. He looks like Hellboy. So I thought it was really funny because it reminded me of like the 80s That's so sweet. when you're like, when like people are lifting to look like Predator and like be in those movies and like Hellboy's got that kind of focus. So I know it from uh, they flew in his trainer and his trainer was actually part of the panel. And much like stunt people don't get enough credit in the film world, comic trainers, people need to look like superheroes. They got to be fit. So the fitness experts that make these people look like they're drawn need more credit. So I was really cool to see that perspective on Hellboy. Heck yeah. And it was uh, another thing, Bullseye. So we, we don't get an actual confirmation in the in the trailer, but um, the actor did confirm it on at New York Comic Con and during this panel. He finally like came on set. So the I'm combo playing, of yeah. sort of like a really good guess you could maybe make yes. by watching the trailer <laughs> yes. and also Yes, he goes out and then uh, I think it was Charlie Cox who he went over, walked over and drew a, a, a bullseye circle on his head <laughs> and, and so that was, that was oh, funny. Oh, that's so charming. <laughs> that's so great. Um, was there anything else that you needed to get to on this list that you m- want to share with us from New York Comic Con? No, no, there isn't anything else. But it's not on this list, but I just want to give a shout-out. So uh, Rooster Teeth, who supports us a lot, they their show Genlock and uh, Ruby, they're actually partnering with DC Comics to create some comic books in 2019. So we could get some so Genlock cool. versus Justice League or Ruby, That's their cool. show Ruby versus Justice League or something like that. So I'm excited to, to see what happens with that as well. Heck yeah, Zatanna and Ruby. Like, anyway, uh... Exciting. The the bullseye thing was my last big must talk. There's a lot. I mean, there's trailers, there's images, there's so much. It was New York Comic Con, so there's a lot to go through. And I was speaking as fast as you guys hate me to do because I had to because there's so much in here. And I apologize, Ish, but it was a huge news week. And this also, is... Hilda got a season two. I'm gonna beat that drum. The, the, the comic book animated series based on the little girl and the oh, monsters. Yeah. yeah. But how just... how insane is it that we have not just this much, but there's so much that news breaks during the show, and it's all giant news. Like none of this was small. This would have been like uh, five years ago. This would have been the big news week for the month this is yeah i can't wait to talk more thank you to the people at all of the streaming services who are paying attention to comics and bringing the weird ones to life umbrella academy they softened a little bit of the weirdness but i'm still really excited um because it's still going to be weird as heck because it's umbrella academy (laughs) speaking of weird as heck you want to talk about the pull list yes it is a weird as heck pull list that starts with a number one of yours that is very weird that i i want to hear about it okay i'm so excited my my number one this week just looks fun as heck you can see that is an ec tribute cover that is cursed comics cavalcade from dc it's an anthology book of rad horror stories welcome to october check this out i'll talk about it in a sec and my number two is a great jumping on point for spider-man and i have had so many tweets this week people asking me about spider-man this is a great book because it's only seven issues in and this issue is the beginning of its second arc so you could literally pick up amazing spider-man number seven and not need to have read anything else and jump on there and it involves spider-man's new roommate who just happens to be a supervillain. 
And they're, they're using this image for, like, oh, this whole run. So get excited about that. Yes. Um, but uh, from hell, Master Edition. If those words made no sense to you, hold on. We'll talk about this in a sec. But I had to put this on the list because this is the weirdest, coolest thing. And one of my favorite new characters in all of comics is on issue five of her newest run. X-23 is a character that should not work, but totally, totally does. This Wolverine is so easy to jump into and such a great... Read X-Men. Read X-23. And uh, normally I like to put the bright, happy, shiny things on my list, but this is not that weak because you have to go check out My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies. Uh, Bad life advice, great graphic novel title. Uh, It's Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. It is their first original. I'll just, can I start there? Sure. It's their first original graphic novel together. If you've heard of Criminal, if you've heard of Sleepless, if you've heard of uh, Sleeper, if you've heard of Incognito, uh, if you enjoy the character of Winter Soldier, uh, if you have heard us talk about comics at any time in the last three years, you've heard about Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Um, Sean Phillips is not the artist of Winter Soldier, but Ed Brubaker created that incarnation of the character. Uh, they are one of the best teams. Like They're, they're a historic all-time comic book team, uh, and they usually do monthlies. And this is their first straight-out graphic novel. Uh, it's also very reasonably priced, uh, and it drops this week, and I, I, like, I couldn't be any more excited to see it. It's, it's a, a self-contained story from those creators. Put it on your list. I'm in. I didn't. I, I, all three of these, I knew nothing about except From Hell is the classic. Like, and I assume that was a re-release. And so it's some, a re-release, yeah. and he's doing color. Oh, interesting. Uh, original artist, Eddie Campbell. Uh, so From Hell is Alan Moore's. Some people go to bat for this as his greatest work. Like, literally. Uh, it is his version of the Jack the Ripper story uh, with artist Eddie Campbell. Unless if, I'm having a minor, like... I'm 99% sure his name is Eddie Campbell. Uh, From Hell is being re-released with color for the first time, but by the original artist. Uh, and they're doing that in stages. A la, it's usually read as a graphic novel, but it was originally done in chunks. Um, and that is coming to comic shops this week. Um, I'll just go ahead. My third one is an anthology comic from DC with a bunch of horror stories from a bunch of your favorite creators. Uh, it's The title is an homage. It's a comic book history joke. I love it. Uh, canceled Comics Cavalcade. Uh, we will need a whole other video. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just think this looks really fun. I'm really excited that DC is doing this kind of thing. Short stories with a bunch of your fave characters. Get on it. So, Amazing Spider-Man number seven. Uh, a lot of people have been playing the Spider-Man game and then tweeting me where they should jump on Spider-Man. I have thousands of issues to recommend, but if you want to pick up current issues, Amazing Spider-Man right now is very, very user-friendly. Uh, Nick Spencer is writing it, and this week... Umberto Ramos takes over, and Umberto Ramos is a classic Spider-Man artist. He's done some of the most iconic Spider-Man stuff. His style suits Spider-Man. It's very frenetic. It's broad strokes. It's high energy. It's Spider-Man. And I love that he's back on a Spider-Man book because he's always had this dynamicness to his panels. Now, this book is Spider-Man down his luck as he should be. That's Peter Parker. But he's now living with a roommate, and his roommate is uh, Boomerang. So Boomerang is in this issue, and it's the shape of this whole next arc, but he now needs to use Boomerang to get into the bar with no name now the bar with no name is a (laughs) very very important piece of marvel lore so the idea of spider-man in the bar with no name plus boomerang plus this artist it's a great place to jump on also if you haven't read spider-man ultimate spider-man is kind of what shaped the mcu in general so just general recommendation check out ultimate spider-man if you want something more recent check out this run that is on number seven right now and then And then my final poll of the week is X-23, number five. I would recommend picking up the first five and then here. You could start at issue six, issue five, whatever. But X-23 is basically the clone of Wolverine that 
is very tortured. Her story is dark, but they've made her a lighter character lately. She actually has been Wolverine. Wolverine's been dead. She is Wolverine. And this book is fun. It's funny. It's empowering. It's smart. It leans into intelligence. All of the supporting characters are great. There's nothing about this book I don't like. And it's a great time for people to discover new characters. And X-23 doesn't get enough love. I want this book to go on forever. Uh, Check out those two. Funny story. Grownups don't know who X-23 is, but kids do. Oh, she's really? in the games. She's been in the more recent animated series. Like she has some history now, and it's always funny to me because, like, you know, we get like little boy came in and like saw an action figure and went X twenty three, and I'm like, you're seven. Oh, that's funny. How do you, that's great, but I'm confused. And, and like oh. Gabby and the supporting cast, like all the people in it. Sorry, no, you're good. No, I just want <laughs> to say I hope this doesn't even have anything to do with comics. I just hope that once the Fox Disney merger does go, if they were to bring anyone from the Fox franchise, bring X twenty three into the franchise please that would be a perfect way Daphne to- King or new no Daphne King mm, would, yeah yes. Daphne King that would yeah. be perfect yeah I love that out obviously some more people know who X-23 is than did a couple years ago <laughs> and Tom Taylor was writing the book before this with X-23 and now he's on X-Men Red which is also really good but this book is uh, Mariko Tamaki who I think is completely underrated she's such a great writer and she writes the hell out of this book any comics you like right now Dorian in no general? dude I've not been reading any comics it's, it's been a I've been so goddamn busy I'm sorry well, we just guys. sent you to New York no. to watch every panel <laughs> no, yeah, so. so yeah I, I've just been, you I've had been, some, some been stuff on your hands. And Collider Games has been taking up a good chunk of my time. You know, Spider-Man, Tomb Raider. It's, it's, been, it's been a whirlwind these past few months with all the coverage that we've been doing. But I am going to check out all the stuff y'all just recommended me, though. Heck? Thank you yeah. for that, though. And always tweet us for more recommendations because I love talking comics. Like, actual print comics. Buy comics. And we didn't, like, on the, the level of that news coming out of New York Comic Con... Yeah, I couldn't oh. even touch on. There's so much coming. Like, so many creatives like that are jumping on books, and yeah, I'm excited. That, that artist alley? Line? Oh, the artist alley. That was beautiful. It was amazing. I talked to Chris Claremont. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. That's amazing. I completely froze up and had to come back three days later and be like, okay, so when you said that I could ask questions and I just made a face at you and left? <laughs> um, yep, I... Oof. It was great. Um, do we uh, have time for some Twitter questions? Let's do it. Uh, our first one comes from Wayne Bukad uh, at Bukad One. Hi guys, out of curiosity, why is it encouraged buying single issues? To be honest, I'm always waiting till my fave book is released as a graphic novel. Be great if you could enlighten me. Love, love, love the show. Peace, Wayne. London. Hey, London. In this is opinion, a big question. This is a huge, and especially for you and I, <laughs> because you work at a comic store and I am a devout weekly pull list guy. Uh, buying individual issues is how you let the creatives and the studios that make the comics know that it's working. Uh, vote with your wallets, just like going to the movie opening weekend or the second weekend. It's letting them know up front, hey, we like this, we want more of this. So many of my favorite books the last few years, like that Wasp book that got canceled, it came, it did well in trade, but by then the book had already been canceled. If you buy floppies, So it's coming back, but it would have probably still been going yeah so so if you buy books every week then you let the people know that like this is what you want and this is when you want it um also from a just financial standpoint the trade paperbacks they're not going to be as collectible if you do have any interest in collecting i think that floppies are the way to go they still might not be worth anything but i have that dream and always will pokemon cards be worth something someday uh but like comic books as an art form to me are weekly there's also the rush of waiting for the next book it's like tgif back in the day when you were a kid and you waited for sabrina to drop like there's something to waiting a week and having that build up of excitement and have that story told that way i get the appeal of reading the whole thing at once but as far as keeping a book alive as far as supporting artists and writers and as far as telling the big house of ideas that you're supporting the best way to do it is weekly in my opinion 
And this is an interesting issue because you, you're right on a lot of these points, but it's, some of it is sort of, it's an accident of where we are right now with the comic book industry that things work that way. And we are seeing it start to change. Uh, so, for instance, Jessica Jones uh, concluded its regular monthly run and went to a new release model, uh, which is that there's new Jessica Jones comics being made, but they are in chunks digitally, and then they go straight to trade paperback. The first one is going to come out in a month or two. I, I forget when that is exactly landing. But they are starting to potentially adapt to the fact that a lot of people are buying things this way. The idea of collecting everything that comes out into a trade paperback uh, as a standard is less than 20 years old. Yeah. Like, that just was not the rule. And we are watching the slow evolution and the change over time. And it's possible that everything will go that direction. It's possible that we'll maintain this double model. It's possible that digital will play a different role. Like, right now it hasn't cut that much into stuff because people are sort of set in their ways. Um, and because a lot of us like collecting the paper copies for mm-hmm. other reasons. So right now, you'll hear people encouraging you to buy in singles for exactly the reasons Koi said. Because as it's built right now, that is the best way to show support for things. But there was a thing like uh, like Ms. Marvel trades have now sold something like a half million over the like eight or nine volumes that uh, Jewel yeah. Wilson has yeah. been writing. Like crazy numbers uh and and so that's one of those that series has kept going because they like they got the message enough that like it sells it sells okay in paper uh, in in single issues Mm -hmm. and then it sells like crazy in trade and if you can get that working it works great but as you said there are a lot of series that never make it that far uh so it's basically about seeing the creators you want to support however they're putting it out in the world there's gonna be like they're still going to appreciate your trade purchase. And if they designed it as a trade, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, get it that way. But that's why we're in this particular moment where this split model is happening. Uh, and we, we don't know what way it'll go in the future. But uh, essentially, as long as you're buying the comic and putting money in their pockets, never feel bad about that. You're doing the right thing. Uh, uh, but this is why we encourage people to do the single issues. Because right now, most of the companies are oriented towards looking at that to gauge how big a print run to do, to gauge how much interest there is in the long term. And in addition, you get that fun kick of serialized storytelling, which you might be getting from webcomics and other stuff. And you get that. It's fun. Um, And you get it about six months earlier. And those comics sometimes influence the movies. A lot of comics try out characters in the books, and then you'll see it very soon. Like, for example, uh, Deadpool number two had Juggernaut in the cover, and then you may have noticed Juggernaut was in Deadpool 2. So you can also, like, have a little fun insight into what characters are kind of being shaped and like what you're going to see which by the time the trades out is less apt mm-hmm. uh, but just i think buying buying floppies is a good vote any thoughts on this one no just want to say support your local artists uh support your local comic book shops one of my friends evan narciss Narciss. you know i'm nerding out it's fine oh yeah he, he yeah he's, he's a good friend of mine uh his, his current rise of the black panther mm-hmm. one I, I i do support that as well but yes uh he's he's been a supporter of me a long time so i will just say shout out to evan he's my boy and make sure to give him some love and support and yeah, supporting, lo- yeah. supporting local artists and supporting artists in general is kind of what this is all about. Without that foundation, these movies and TV shows wouldn't exist. Nothing. That's kind of the thing. So I, I totally agree. Yeah. I think that's probably kind of a perfect note to end on. If anything in today's show excited you, if you want to go watch Teen Assassins in Deadly Class, go get those comics. Watch the show when it comes out. There's so much out there to be excited about. 
Um, any any final thoughts? Where can the people find you? Guys, you can find me on Twitter at Dorian Parks and Rec. That's Dorian Parks with the letter N and then Rec because Parks and Rec is better than The Office. That's for another debate, another time. <laughs> and then you can find me on Instagram at Dorian Parks. And I'm always around the Collider office. I help out. I'm, you, you all see me here and there. And I, I run the social media. So if you want to just tweet me through Collider Video, tweet me there. Don't tweet me any wild stuff because you will get you will I will find you and I will fight you. <laughs> Just and kidding. I have an artist I want to support. Uh, Colm Griffin from Ireland does our fan art and does our posters and does all that stuff. And he has two comics out. So hunt down Colm Griffin, Art of Colm Griffin on, uh, it's spelled C-O-L-M on Instagram. And he has a bunch of comics that he's getting started completely indie, doing it from scratch in Ireland. And it's even harder to do it there. It's an island. So uh, Colm, you're awesome. And yeah, so check his stuff out. Heck yeah. Uh, Amy, where can they find you? Oh, you can find me at Enthusiami. You know where I am. <laughs> uh, and you can find me here every week on Collider Hero. And until next week. Until next week. Stay sweaty. Napa know how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20.